Success is a team sport. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the More Better Faster podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, and today we're going to be talking about how success is a team sport. Hope you enjoy. Hi there. You know, it is a big mistake that so many of us make, and it is really trying to do it all by yourself. Wearing all the hats, doing all the things, being in charge of everything. You know, for the last 40 years or so, I've been working in the entertainment industry in one capacity or another, the last 28 or so, as an uh, attorney and consultant and, and, um, and a coach, helping creative professionals and entrepreneurs to realize their dreams and achieve more, better, faster by building rewarding, fulfilling, and profitable careers and businesses, doing work that they truly, truly love. And something that I've learned along the way is that success truly is a team sport. You have to build your team. So you have the folks and the resources to whom to delegate and outsource and upon whom you can rely to help you achieve the successes you seek. You know, there's an old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. And this is not more, no more true than in any industry than it is in show business and really in any business you can imagine. You know, in showbiz, we have agents and managers and attorneys and assistants and coaches. And, you know, the, the talented people can't do everything themselves and they need people to help them with getting them out there and submitted for jobs, getting their work submitted to the, uh, the folks that are going to produce things. Uh, they need people to, you know, sort of steer their careers and, of course, look out for their legal protections and and watch their uh, proverbial back ends and then they need you know people just to help them out and carry some of the water some of the time and of course if they're learning a new dialect or or uh, language or something like that or behavior um, they need coaches and trainers and those kinds of things and uh, if you got to put on weight or, or lose weight for a role you might have um, uh, dietitians or nutritionists or you know exercise personal trainers all those kinds of things that's your team you know you have to have the team. That's sort of the point. The point here, success is in fact a team sport. You don't achieve the greatness without relying on a good, solid team. And, you know, the this mistake of trying to do it all yourself, well, you know, a team, the saying goes, a team is only as good as its weakest link. And if you are the only member of the team, guess what? That's you. You are not good at everything. And the fact is you're probably wearing too many hats. There's another expression out there that people use, jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's really, really true. And my own experience certainly bears that out to a certain extent. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and he's this really talented guy. But as we, and we were trying to sort of figure out a strategy for him to, uh, uh, to make more money and to have a more fulfilling career and, and business, uh, doing the kind of stuff that he really loves in this time of, of the COVID-19 quarantine and so on. And, and, you know, artists, creative people, it's hard to, to be uh, out there and creating when your audience can't come and see you in person or when you're, you know, not able to congregate in large groups to make a film or those kinds of things. And fortunately things are starting to open up, but 
you know, this guy, he's spending all his time hustling and he's doing a thousand different things. And that's really taking him away from focusing on the big rocks, you know, the, the big needle mover activities, the things that will get him toward success faster. You know, instead he's figuring out how to do some of the tech stuff, how to hook things up, but not how to find his customers and his audience. That's just an example. And me in my own way, I've struggled with this for years and years and years. I'm a control freak, but I've had to learn. I'm getting better at it, but uh, you know, it's been a long journey. Control is really an illusion. I'm not in control. I mean, I may have moment to moment control over things, but so often I'll do something that I really shouldn't have done that I should have given to somebody else that I should have relied on somebody else for because I think I'm, I'm saving time or I'm saving money or saving energy or something like that. And in fact, I end up coming back and, and fixing it. You know, John Wooden once said, if you don't have the time to do it right, when are you going to find the time to do it over (laughs) or something along those lines? I'm probably butchering it a little bit in any event. Uh, A few years ago now, I think it's probably about four years, I hired my virtual assistant, Joanna, and it's been transformative. She lives in the Philippines, and I hired her through an online website uh, that I'll tell you about in a little bit, and um, I uh, went through the process, and, and I found her, and she has been able to relieve me of so much of the the ordinary routine things that I was spending big chunks of my time on things like just updating websites and maintaining the content, make sure everything looks good and, and all the updates are done and, um, video editing. That was what I originally hired her to do was really to, to handle my YouTube channel and, and that I would shoot the videos and send it to her and let her edit it and put the bump, the fronts and backs on things and all that. And she, she did a great job with that. And I, I got her into my social media management and posting, you know, some of the, the promotional stuff that I, that I get out there in social media, you know, really all this routine stuff. I've been using her to do the podcast show notes for entertainment law update where, you know, each, um, each episode, we have a very lengthy 20 pages of, of document that we work from as our rundown. And that needs to be condensed and distilled into the show notes with the links to the various sources and so on. And, um, just being able to hand that off to her probably saves me, I don't know, three or four hours a month at least. Um, and things like just managing blog posts and connections with things. And it's really been great. And Joanna's, uh, you know, she's like my right hand in some ways. In fact, I, I'm still a work in progress because I know she's got more time and availability and I'm not giving her, uh, enough to do. So I'm, I'm paying her what's a very you know reasonable wage, I think for, for folks in the Philippines, which isn't much to me at all, but the savings, the value that it brings is, is, uh, exponential. So, you know, I guess that lesson there is that when you try to do everything yourself, you think you're saving money, but you're not. You think you're saving time, but you're not. You think you're saving the the hassle of training somebody. And yet, you know, the first time, yeah, there's training involved. But doing these low-value tasks for yourself all the time costs you more than you think. It costs you time that you would spent, that you could have spent on higher-value tasks, it costs you focus because all these things that have to be done are distractions that slow your progress and reduce your effectiveness at the things that are bigger and more important. And it costs you money because you're fixing things, redoing things, or just because you're spending time on those small things, you're losing opportunities for bigger, more rewarding things. So having a team is really 
having freedom. And freedom is a kind of power. It frees you up to focus on the bigger picture. Frees up your energy and your bandwidth. Frees your mind so that you can spend your time focusing and crafting the vision. Connecting with your purpose and and really identifying all the things that move you forward faster so you can achieve more. Building a team really is about placing the proper value on your own time and energy and bandwidth. Because as long as you're spending time on those things that you could find someone for three, four, five, ten dollars an hour to do, you are not spending your time on the hundred dollar an hour, the thousand dollar an hour, the ten thousand dollar an hour tasks that really move you forward. So you got to build a team and place the proper value on your time, your energy, and your bandwidth. So how do you get started? Well, I think the first thing to do is give yourself a week or two of just logging your time. Track all the things you do in a day. Get a get a spiral notebook or a clipboard or something and just on each line, every time you start a new task, write it down. Write down what you're doing. Just, you know, shorthand, code for yourself. Nobody else is going to see this but you. But you're logging, you're spending how much time you're spending I'm sorry, you're documenting how much time you're spending on all of the little things that you spend your time on. And you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed at how much time you spend, you know, um, ordering post-its from Staples or or Amazon. How much time you're spending just um, on little mundane things. You know, clicking the update button in the website back end. None of which seems like it takes a lot of time or energy. And sometimes it's mindless stuff that you really don't feel like it saps any of your energy. But the fact of it is, most of us make you know, thousands and thousands of decisions each day. And there is really this thing called decision fatigue. If you could take 10 or 50 or 100 decisions off your plate every day, you would free those that bandwidth, right? So keep this time log and, and really track all the little decisions you make, all the little tasks you do every single day. That you could just just make track of all of them, you know, even brushing your teeth and if you know whatever, but really getting a handle on how you spend your time and energy. Now, lawyers are pretty good at this because we're used to charging for our time and we charge a lot of money for our time, but we only track the time that we can bill most of the time. So you when you realize and you look at you sit down at the end of your day and you're looking at your time for the day as a lawyer, you realize, wait a minute, I'm billing this much per hour and I I only billed five and a half hours today, but I sat at my desk for 10. Where does other four and a half hours go? That's the stuff you want to really take a good look at. So document every single task. Yes, it's hard. You won't remember and so on, but this is a really important exercise. Then make lists of all these different tasks and categorize them. The first set of categories is the things that you can't do for yourself right? Thing, and this is not just tasks that you do, but, but tasks that need to be done, right? Some tasks you can't do for yourself or shouldn't do for yourself. That's the second class. So things that you can't do for yourself, you can't do your surgery, right? You can't, um, you can't fill your own cavities. Of course, those kinds of things, there are, there are going to be things in your business that you can't do for yourself. If you need to, uh, um, I'm trying to think of other examples. You know, if you, if you need a legal person to do something, if you need a, uh, a financial person and you're not a financial person, that may be something you can't do for yourself. Then there are the next class of things that you shouldn't do for yourself because they're just not 
in your zone of genius. They're not the things that you're either good at or they're not things that you uh, value, right? Make a list of those things. What are the things you shouldn't do for yourself? You probably shouldn't give yourself a haircut. You probably shouldn't perform surgery on yourself, right? So there may be some of these things in the same category. But what about in your business? Are there things that you could hand off to somebody else who can do it just as well or better? Maybe making a few mistakes here and there. That's the control freak thing again, right? And then you got to think about the things that you don't want to do yourself. There may be tasks that you just hate doing, but you're doing them and you're spending a lot of time and energy and you finish them and it's just, ugh. I hope I never have to do it. You know, maybe, maybe it's your bookkeeping. Maybe it's your billing. Maybe it is, um, you know, creating graphics for your website. These are things that either you don't want to do for yourself or things that you shouldn't do for yourself, right? You can spend your whole day in Canva or Photoshop or something like that, making graphics for your website or making, um, um, stuff for your social media. And that's probably not a really great use of your time unless your business is graphic design, right? And then it'll go pretty fast and you're, you're in your zone of genius. But I guess what I'm saying is f- identify all the things that you can't do yourself, shouldn't do yourself, don't want to do yourself, and then identify the list of the things that you absolutely must do yourself. They require you, your attention, crafting your vision for your life, setting your goals, um, Uh, Maybe it's relating to your clients and customers going online, building your brand, your visual brand, because you're going online, you're being the face of it. You can't hire somebody to stand in for you at a photo session, but you can sure as heck hire somebody to be the photographer and to do the Photoshop and to assemble those graphics for your business and your website and your, and your social media and all those kinds of things. So that's the point. Make your four columns of these, of these lists and categorize them, you know, This is social media stuff. This is marketing. This is sales, right? And then break those down into categories and write out, you know, just again, sketch it out briefly, the job descriptions for all these different kinds of things. Now, the things you shouldn't do yourself, among those are going to be a number of tasks that are low-level, minor things that you could offshore or outsource or hand off to a a virtual assistant or someone or, or a permanent employee. And get them off your plate once and for all, right? So do that. Delegating and outsourcing things isn't easy. It does take an investment of time. But you do have to do these things. You have to slow down a bit while you train somebody and teach them how to do things and develop the systems so that they can take them over. And then you can speed up. So slow down to speed up. Now, just to say a couple more words about this, having a permanent team versus outsourcing right? I think it really depends on the job or task in question. If you have a recurring task or an event that has to happen every day, week, month, whatever, maybe that's somebody who should be a permanent addition to your team. Now that I did not say full time, but it's someone who has an expectation of the recurring work coming their way and on whom you can rely. So you invest in training them, right? Now you'll pay that person differently than you would pay someone who's going to do a one-time task. Let's say you need to code a chunk of, of something for your website. You got to hire somebody with the right expertise, but you don't need that person on your staff all the time. So you're willing to pay a little more for the short-term project and you outsource that, right? But when you've got stuff that's recurring, that you're going to use every week or every month, then have someone that you hire and make your 
your uh, part of your team. And that doesn't mean that you're making them an employee. They can still be an independent contractor, but make a deal with them that with the understanding that you're going to come back for more of this. You're going to give them a certain amount of business every month. Maybe they'll give you a better rate when you do that as well. Right. And of course there are some things that you want to have that person on sort of full time or, or at least part time where you know, you can rely. I'm going to just give this to this person. They're going to handle it. And that's the relationship I have with my, my uh, virtual assistant. She's, she's there for me full time. I'm willing to pay for that so that I know I can just send her a message. Say, please do this. Please do that. I have her figure out my travel booking when I have to travel, when I'm going to speak at a conference or something. Hey, get me a hotel room at this room. Hey, get me a airfare. Make sure I have a rental car if I need that. You know, those kinds of things. Personal assistant stuff. You shouldn't be doing all of that yourself. So how do you go about building this high-performance team? You know, you find good people, right? Well, how do you do that? Start by asking your network, right? Now, you can ask around, explain what the job entails, and, of course, what you can pay, what you intend to pay, whatever. Uh, if you're looking to uh, hire somebody and you don't have anybody in your network who has those skills, then advertise, right? You can run ads on Facebook really inexpensively that'll probably find the right kind of people. You can put, There are job posting uh, uh, functions on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You could put out messages on Twitter. It doesn't have to be paid advertising. What have you got to lose, though? Spend a few bucks on ads and find a bunch of people willing to... Uh, apply for the job, then you got some people to choose from. You could also add advertise on Craigslist, inexpensive classified ads, right? And you may find some good people. Some of the people I uh, follow and work with have found great assistance. People who've become full-time executive level people in their companies by advertising for a virtual assistant on Facebook. Then there are sites like Upwork, if you're outsourcing something, you can go to Upwork.com and hire people in various categories of, of uh, services and so on. And there's OnlineJobs.ph. If you're looking for a, a virtual assistant overseas, that's a Philippine-oriented site. The Philippines is great because the uh, cost of living there is fairly low, and um, you can hire people at a very cost-effective rate. You're giving somebody a job that will support them and their family. And you know what? I, there's going to be that argument, hey, I'm taking away a job from someone here at home. Fact of it is, if you're not paying a full American salary, then you're never going to be hiring that for that job here anyway. So you may as well find someone overseas who can do the job for what you can pay. And you can grow into having domestic employees as well when you're ready. So what are you going to look for? I would say that the most important thing is for someone who is conscientious and with whom you have some kind of, a, of a, an affinity, a connection right? They don't have to already know how to do the whole job. They should have some of the basic skills. They should be computer literate. They should have the internet connection, those kinds of things, but you can train them. You can show them how to do things. And frankly, that's what you want. You want someone you can show how to do it the way you want it done rather than giving them a job and having them do it the way they've been taught by somebody else, which may or may not have been the right way. The fact of it is every business is different. Your business is different. So you want to make sure you have people who are doing things the way you do it, the way you want them done. So be willing to train for the skills you need as long as you find the person who has the right characteristics, the traits that you need. So you want someone personable, someone who, you know, isn't going to bring you down and, you know, by 
being negative about things all the time, whatever it is, you know, you have to decide for these things for yourself. And ultimately take your time hiring, make your decision carefully. But if it isn't working out, be ready to let them go, right? No harm, no foul. Maybe even hire on a trial basis so that it feels like, well, okay, we've been at this for a couple months. It's not working. Let's move on. Thank you. Hire slow, fire fast. When something isn't working, cut bait and move on, right? But ultimately, this is about being the CEO of your career. You're becoming a leader of your team, the team captain of team you. That is how you drive towards success, toward achieving more, better, faster. It's a team sport. And I encourage you to get into it and get it done. Think about just one of the roles that you could hire for. Maybe it's the lowest level assistant that you need. Bring them on board and let them help you figure out what's next. Be willing to invest a little bit and the rewards will be exponential. Thanks for listening. This has been More Better Faster. 